I wish the peace of the resurrected Christ on this beautiful Easter morning to all of you, parishioners and visitors, and to your homes on this glorious celebration of our Lord's victory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's meditate on the sequence, that Latin we sung after the second reading, which we only sing on Easter Sunday and Divine Mercy Sunday, next Sunday, only two Masses a year. And not simply because it is a traditional thing to do, but because it is a confession of the deep historical and spiritual power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll read it in English in case your Latin is not that good this morning. It begins, Christians, to the Paschal victim, offer your thankful praises. Okay, why, why? Continues, a lamb, the sheep redeems. Christ, the only one who is sinless, reconciles sinners to the Father. Yes, Lord, yes. That is why I should come and offer thankful praise that we are at the high point that the reconciliation of the Lamb who is sinless reconciles sinners to the Father. No longer am I stuck in that painful vision of the Garden of Eden that is the icon of every sin where I'm either bent over in shame or in worse, angry and resistant. Rather now, there is a Savior, Jesus Christ, who has paid the debt of all sin and reconciled it to the Father. But how? Death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. Stupendous is a great word, by the way. We should use it more often, right? Death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. The Prince of Life who died reigns immortal. Amen, alleluia. The Prince of Life who died reigns immortal. On that Good Friday when he paid all debt on the cross and went into the tomb, now raises immortal. What then is the historical confession? And the hymn becomes a dialogue saying, Speak, Mary, declaring, meaning Mary Magdalene. Speak, Mary, declaring, what you saw wayfaring, you who loved beyond love and went along the way, tell us what did you see? And the voice of Mary Magdalene responds, the tomb of Christ who is living, the glory of Jesus' resurrection. Oh yes, she saw. She encountered that resurrected Christ who called her by name and she saw his glory. She continues, bright angels attesting the shroud and napkin resting. Now this is interesting. Glory of Jesus, death and life. Why are you talking about a napkin? Right? And it goes to the gospel here, right? Simon Peter arrived after St. John, went in the tomb and saw the burial claws there, shroud, right? Burial claws, shroud, saw them there. And the cloth that had covered his head, napkin. That's what it means in the translation, shroud and napkin. The burial claws and the cloth that covered his face, the shroud and the napkin. Why is this mentioned in the gospel? Why is it a part of the sequence on Easter? Because 
Mary saw those things, John and Peter saw those things, and kept them. And they have been treasured glories of Christians ever since then. The shroud, the burial cloth, now rests in the city of Turin, Italy, commonly referred to as the Shroud of Turin. That cloth they wrapped over him after he had died, testifying in miraculous imagery. I'm not going to go into the whole shroud here. You can look it up. I'll talk about it later in Easter. The Shroud of Turin that manifests his suffering. And the napkin, which is in Monopello, Italy, which bears the miraculous image of the resurrected face of Christ. I preached on this a couple of years ago. Beautiful books written about it. These miraculous, clear testimonies to the resurrection of Jesus. That's why they're in the gospel. That's why they are in the sequence. Because we stand in a mighty spiritual victory that is testified in history itself. And so then what? That's great. Shrouds and napkins. Fine. What does that mean? Oh yes, Christ my hope is arisen. Firm faith. And then to Galilee he goes before you. What's Galilee? Galilee is the place where all those disciples spent daily life with Jesus. Where will you meet the resurrected Jesus? Where will you speak with the resurrected Jesus in your daily life? The glory, Christ my hope is risen to Galilee he goes before you. When you wake up and make your morning offering, when you say your daily prayers, when you are good to your family, especially when you don't want to be, because my gosh, could my sister be any more annoying? Right? But you love in your ordinary place and your work and your school, there in ordinary life, Christ resurrected is waiting to meet every one of us who make the act of faith, follow him, and wish to offer our daily life to him. And then what? After that ordinariness comes the confession, Christ indeed from death is risen, our new life obtaining. How our new life obtaining? Paying the debt so we don't have to fear sin and death. Having the combat, right? That's what Christ did on the cross. It was combat. It was battle. But not as the world accounts it but as every human soul accounts it and leads the way triumphantly. And in your ordinary life, you will see him, and now you touch him in new life obtaining when we make good, holy communions. I want to stop calling this the altar rail and start calling it the honeymoon suite. Because, oh, I saw this last night too. A lot of married couples are bringing that up. Must have all had nice honeymoons. Okay, right? See, because the Catechism teaches this, the first fruit of Holy Communion, the first fruit of Holy Communion is intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's a quotation, right? You come here. So that's why I don't say honeymoon suite to make a joke. I say it is intimacy with Jesus Christ, the Christ who bled for you, who died for you, who rose glorious for you, not as an idea, as a historical fact, that comes into your life in making good, holy communions. What joy, what power. That is why Sundays are glorious. That is why we worship every day on Sunday. And the last line, have mercy who, Victor King. Amen, Alleluia.
I believe, I rejoice. And I trust in the mercy of the Victor King because he wants to give it so freely. In our baptism, which we'll renew in just a moment, in our confessions when we fall, and in the intimacy of Holy Communion. Praise God. How can the Christian not but sing Amen, Alleluia, all the days of their life, and offer up all their daily works to the Lord God, until soon or late we shall be with him in glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.